Hi, I'm Peter Coyle, director of the Montclair Public Library. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Check Us Out, the podcast of the Montclair Public Library. In this episode, we'll highlight offerings from our digital library. Even though our building is closed, we still have a number of resources that can be accessed online at montclairlibrary.org. A number of these digital library offerings have been expanded thanks to the generosity of the Montclair Public Library Foundation. In this episode of our podcast, Maurice will tell you about the adult school and how it's providing programs remotely. Then Molly will highlight our upcoming virtual book clubs, book recommendations on YouTube, and she'll talk to you about some films available via Hoopla and Canopy. After you hear from Molly, Kirsten and Ken will share new and favorite books that are available through our online resources as ebooks and audiobooks. And then Kirsten will interview local author E.R. Frank, and they discuss the themes of her various books as well as what she likes about Montclair. Hello, this is Maurice from the Adult School. And this is Molly from the Adult Services Department. I want to welcome you once again to um, check this out. We're going to talk about programming going forward for the month of April. Our classes, as everyone knows, are under public emergency. All of our spring classes for the adults have been suspended until further notice. So we're encouraging people, if you, but we do have learning opportunities available for um, online virtual learning opportunities through our email newsletter. And we also have online learning opportunities through Ed2Gov. That includes career classes as well as professional and certificate, tra- certificate training that's available. You can learn all about those at our website, adultschool.org. We also are looking to roll out a curated list of online classes that will be available by some of our most popular professors. So once again, check our email newsletter. We'll provide information when those become available. Okay, and I can put a link in the description to subscribe to your newsletter so people don't have to look for it. And then that's the best way to stay up to date with the adult school. Anything else to add before I jump into my segment? Just encourage everyone to be to be safe, you know, and take the necessary precautions, social distancing, and be careful with everything that we're doing. Wash your hands and take all the necessary safety precautions. We'll, we will get over this. Agreed. Well stated. All right, well, we're going to roll out some online book clubs, so just stay tuned for that. Right now, if you're looking for some good recommendations, our YouTube channel has some good book talks by our staff. I'll put a link, but it's we're at Montclair Lib, L-I-B. Very easy to find. We're just trying to come up with some good recommendations of books that you can just check out with us online and movies as well. So just stay tuned for more of those. We're always putting those in our newsletter as well and our social media because reading is a, is a great thing to do right now while we're at home. But I'm actually going to highlight our two streaming video platforms because I think they're just a really great, two great, really great services to be using right now. I know personally, I am usually just in the mood to watch a good movie these days after I've virtually clocked out for the day. So the first one I'm going to talk to you about is called Canopy. That's with a K. It is a really nice film platform. They have over 30,000 films. They're always adding new ones. They have a really nice variety, including the Criterion Collection, which if you're a film buff, you know that's a really great curated collection that this organization, Criterion Collection, has put their stamp of approval on as a, like a worthy film. So they have all of those. They also have some great independent films, some classics, a lot of award winners, a lot of stuff that you might not be able to find other places, and some good documentaries. 
great stuff for kids. The kids stuff is all unlimited. You know, you and your kids could just watch whatever you want, as many things as you want per month. They also have some great courses, which are also, they don't go into your play credits. You used to get six plays every month, aside from the kids and um, great courses of like feature films and documentaries. And we've upped that to 10, which was generously underwritten by the foundation. We thought this is a good time to expand our offerings. And I'm just going to rattle off a couple recommendations that I personally enjoyed. They're always adding new stuff. My watch list is like 50 titles long of stuff that I want to watch. There's also some credit-free viewing right now that they have on the top of the homepage, which is additional titles that will not dig into your monthly limit. So some things that I liked recently was The Miseducation of Cameron Post, which is an adaptation of a YA novel. And I was so happy to see that it was on Canopy because it had a super limited release in theaters. It wasn't even at the Claridge. And that was a really great movie starring Chloe Grace Moretz. I also loved The Bookshop starring Emily Mortimer about a woman who becomes independent bookstore owner, even though the town that she's living in in England really doesn't want her to for some reason. They go into that more in the movie. Also, a great movie called Egg, starring Christina Hendricks and Alicia Reiner, which it's kind of hard to describe the plot, but it's it's very like character-driven, social kind of storyline, very conversational. It's, it's almost like watching a play, just so excellent. Really great movie. So now I'm going to pivot over to our other service, which is called Hoopla. And Hoopla also offers some really good movies. There's a little bit of an overlap between Hoopla and Canopy, so you can be kind of strategic about which one you're going to borrow it from, depending on where you are in the month. And that that has more popular titles and lots of good kids' titles as well. They have material like movies that were originally made for kids and families, but they'll also take picture books and turn that into an animated short film. They also have some good fitness videos, um, which is another great thing to do while you're stuck at home, I guess. And I'll just rattle off a couple more recommendations on there just to give you a sense of the variety. My all-time favorite movie, Amelie, is on there, which is a fantastic movie that's in French. Came out, I think, in maybe like 20 years ago at this point. They have TV TV movies called The Librarian, um, starring Noah Wiley from ER, which as a librarian, you gotta love that. And some of my favorite Jane Austen adaptations are on there. So highly recommend both of these. You get 10 borrows a month. We also increase Hoopla to 10 with the generosity of the foundation. That's 10 per month per card. So if you have multiple people in your household with their own cards, and that's quite a bit actually that you get. And they both are compatible with Roku's, Amazon Fire Sticks, Apple TVs, and other smart TV devices. So I would highly recommend doing that because then you can watch on the big screen. You add it as a channel like you normally would, like with Netflix or something, you would just go to like the channel store and then install it. And if you run into any issues, you can always open a chat on our website. There's a little blue button in the corner and we can help you. If you get stuck in a certain place, you need to get your card renewed. You need a new card. I feel like I've been talking about this for an hour, but there's just so much to enjoy with these. And um, it's really nice to just enjoy like a free quality streaming service and not have to add on, you know, a new subscription during this time. You can just enjoy these things courtesy of your library. Okay, Maurice, I swear I'm done with that now. <laughs> Anything else to add? Um, no, I think a lot of things. Uh, I've used both Hoopla and Canopy, both you know, very quality apps. Hoopla also has audiobooks and uh, graphic novels in addition to uh, regular ebooks as well. So it's a, uh, it's a very good resource for you know, a lot of content, a lot of different kinds of content. Oh, that's true. They also have television shows and they have music too. And I would say their, their music is super current. And so are their comics and graphic novels, like all of my favorite 
graphic novels that I'm trying to keep up with are on there. Like Saga is a, is a series that I love that's on there. So good point. And we're here, we're checking email every day. Our chat is open during our normal operating hours of the main library. So just reach out if you need anything and don't let an expired card or not having a card stop you. We can issue you a virtual card and we're here to help, but we want you to use everything from the library that you can at this time. You want to explain a little bit more? With virtual um, so, yeah, so if you... Didn't have a card with us, but you do live here or you work here, you go to school here. I would say just open a chat with us and let us know that you would like a card and we will give you a card number and then eventually you would come in and get that card when we reopened. And then it's the same with the um, the renewals. They do expire every three years just to make sure that people who have cards are people that are part of our tax base. Um, and that would be if, it, if it's expired right now, we would just renew it for you for about six months. And then you'd eventually just come back into the library and show us your proof of address. And then you're good for three more years. Um, we're trying to make it as easy as possible. And also just a quick note, we have notices about this everywhere, but you don't have to come to the library to drop your books off. In fact, our book drops are locked and you can't fit anything in there. You have no fines right now from us, from other libraries. Everything's being extended for as long as the libraries are closed. It's a little PSA for you. Well, I guess this is it for our segment. It's a bit shorter than usual, I think, but I'm wishing everybody well. We're thinking about all you. We really miss seeing you every day, and I just hope everybody is doing well during this time. I know it's very difficult. Same here. You know, we wish yeah. everyone the best. Hope we'll get through this, you know, and um, you know, lift each other up. You know, we can't be in the same room with a lot of people. At least we can, you know, reach out to each other over the phone and over email and online. So. All right, Maurice, I think we can sign off with that and turn it over to whoever, whoever segment follows us. <laughs> or maybe we're last. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Mom. All right. Take care, everybody. Take care. Hi, everyone. This is Kirsten, Teen Services Librarian. Instead of talking about upcoming titles today, I'm going to share a few of my personal favorites that are available digitally. First up is Burn Baby Burn by Meg Medina. This title is available as an ebook through Overdrive. I really enjoyed this because it's set in one of my favorite time periods and locations, which is gritty 1970s New York. Uh, specifically, it takes place during the Summer of Sam, and the heightened atmosphere and anxiety really fuel the story. Probably sounds familiar right now. Um, if you're looking for historical fiction with a true crime backdrop and a non-stereotypical heroine, I highly recommend checking this one out. All main characters are Latinx, and it is an own voices novel, so I'd also recommend it if, for those merits as well. Next up, we've got Carry On by Rainbow Rowell. This is available through Overdrive as both an ebook and an e-audiobook. Uh, this is one of my favorite YA titles, perhaps closer to New Adult, it's a little bit more mature themes. I've read it twice and I would really recommend it to anybody who's looking for some fun escapism into a magical world. It's set in a magical school, pretty similar to Hogwarts, um, but it fully pays homage to all of its influences, Harry Potter included. It's really funny, sweet, and genuinely romantic, um, has LGBTQI plus characters, and it explores how the characters balance their magical and non-magical worlds that they inhabit. It also takes the chosen one narrative that you might be familiar with from other fantasy novels and explores how that idea can be manipulated. The sequel, Wayward Son, just came out a few months ago, and it's more of a road trip narrative. It's also available as an ebook and audiobook through Overdrive. Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo is another favorite I would highly recommend. It's the first in a duology, and both it and its sequel, Crooked Kingdom, are available as ebooks on Overdrive. The title takes place in an immersive fantasy world with steampunk elements and takes the form of a heist story. It's part of Bardugo's Grishaverse, which encompasses many of her other novels as well. 
There are some characters that cross over from one series to another, so if you've enjoyed one, you might enjoy others. There's plenty to explore. In this imagined world, Grisha are people with heightened abilities to manipulate the elements and are at various turns prized and persecuted. The characters are diverse and chapters are told from different perspectives, so you get the chance to really get to know them individually. I also really like the setting of this one. It's sort of a fictionalized Amsterdam and other countries are sort of like fictionalized versions of Russia, Nordic countries. So it's interesting, kind of an unusual setting for fantasy. Finally, sometimes you need a romantic comedy in trying times. For this, I recommend I Believe in a Thing Called Love by Maureen Gu. It's available as an Overdrive ebook. This title follows the story of Desi Lee, an overachiever in everything but the romance department. After meeting the guy of her dreams, she decides to take a page from the Korean dramas she's grown up watching with her father to win him over. With the help of her best friends, she stages increasingly elaborate scenarios to find some alone time with her crush. This title is funny, heartfelt, and has a lovable cast of characters. Thanks for joining me today. Hopefully some of my favorites will work for you too. I'm going to hand it over to my coworker Ken with some more recommendations. Hi, it's Ken, and I'm here to talk about some books I'm looking forward to in April. We'll do our best to make sure that these are available to check out online as ebooks or e-audio in case the library remains closed. First up is Love, Death, and Rare Books by Robert Halenga. Gabe Johnson inherits a secondhand bookstore that has been in his family for three generations. Against all advice, he decides to reopen the store and move it to a small town on Lake Michigan. There he has to confront his new circumstances while also dealing with the woman he's always loved re-entering his life. Like a lot of you, I love books and love stories where bookstores or libraries play a big part, so this one looks right up my alley. Though not a writer himself, Otto Penzler is a legend in crime fiction. He has edited numerous collections and runs the Mysterious Bookshop in New York City. Recently, he has started his own imprint, American Mystery Classics, to republish out-of-print novels by important crime writers of the past. The latest of these is The Haunted Lady by Mary Roberts Reinhardt, originally published in 1942. Reinhardt was known in her career as the American Agatha Christie. This book is about a wealthy older woman who has repeated attempts on her life. Turning the tables on her would-be killer, she calls the police, who send Hilda Adams, a nurse acting as a detective. Fitting into the woman's household, she begins the task of uncovering the attempted murderer. Next is Perfect Tunes by Emily Gould. Fifteen years ago, Laura was an up-and-coming songwriter, newly arrived in New York City and ready to record her first album. But things don't work out the way she planned, and she is left to raise her young daughter alone. Now her daughter is a teenager and is asking questions about her father and about her mother's past. Laura has to face the person she was and deal with who she has become. I have several friends whose musical dreams were put on hold, and this book looks like it will cover some familiar ground. I love series books, but I also love when a writer whose series I follow takes a step to the side and writes something new. I'm a big fan of Cara Black's Amy LeDuc series, but I'm dying to read her new one, Three Hours in Paris. This one is not a mystery, but a World War II-era thriller about an American Marx woman and spy who was sent to Paris to assassinate Adolf Hitler during his brief visit there in 1940. Even though she, of course, fails, it looks like a fascinating read to see how the plan comes together and then falls apart. World War II thrillers are a favorite genre of mine, and I can't wait to see how a favorite writer tackles it. Last, if you were one of the people who participated in our big read several years ago, when we did In the Time of the Butterflies by Julia Alvarez, you'll be pleased to know that she is publishing her first novel for adults in 15 years. Afterlife is about a woman who retires from her job as a professor, loses her husband, has her sister disappear, and finds a pregnant, undocumented teenager on her doorstep, all in a short span. 
How she holds herself together while handling all these issues sounds like a rewarding journey. And that's all I have for April. Stay well, everyone. Hi, this is Kirsten Payne. I'm the Teen Services Librarian at MPL, and today I'll be speaking with local young adult author E.R. Frank. She's the writer of several acclaimed novels, including Wrecked, Dime, and America, the latter of which was adapted into a Lifetime movie starring Rosie O'Donnell in 2009. She also works as a therapist and a social worker. All right, I'm here with local author E.R. Frank. We'll be referring to as Emily throughout this conversation. Thanks for joining us today, Emily. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks. I've got a few opening questions about what it's like to live in Montclair as a writer and to be part of the community. So to start, uh, when and why did you move to Montclair? So I moved to Montclair at the very end of 1999, just a week or two prior to Y2K, if anybody remembers that. <laughs> um, I moved with my husband from Brooklyn. We wanted a, a Brooklyn that also had grass and trees, and we heard that Montclair was that place. Nice. Yeah, I think a lot of people are kind of making that move these days. You're For one of the sure. pioneers. Um, what's your favorite restaurant and dish here? I know that's a hard one to pick. There are so many. There's so many. I have to mention Mishmish with their healthy mass salad. Um, I have to mention Zugma with their salmon. But honestly, my routine is joyous with their uh, very healthy salad and bowls and greens. And then what I do is I walk across the street to Little Daisy and I get myself a chocolate blackout cupcake. Nice. That sounds like a great routine. All right. What is your favorite book? Maybe not favorite book of all time, but favorite book right now. Um, the Water Dancer by Tanese Coates, I think, is a masterpiece. I just finished it. What books have had some of the biggest influences on you in your life? Um, the Color Purple blew my mind. There's a book called Alan and Naomi that I read when I was about 10 years old by Myron Lavoy, which had a huge impact. Bridge to Terabithia, also a middle grade book by Katherine Patterson. So many. I, there's so many I couldn't even... I could just list and list and list, but those are a start. Awesome, thank you. I know it's hard to like narrow it down. I feel like I have favorites in different categories. Um, what's been your relationship with libraries in your life? So as a kid, my mother would take me once a week. I was a voracious reader and I grew up in Richmond, Virginia. So it was a library in Richmond, Virginia, a very small branch. Uh, there was a librarian there who had these vivid green eyes. I'll never forget her, and she was wonderful. And I would leave the library with a stack of 10 or 11 books, and I would eat them alive and go back the next week and get another 10 or 11. And I remember really vividly where the Little House on the Prairie series was and where the Dolaire's mythology book was in that orange cover back when I was a kid that it had. Nice. That sounds so vivid, the memories. Um, what would you say the best kept secret about MPL is? You know, every time I walk in here, there's a different art exhibit in the hallways on the walls. Today, there's one of these unbelievable portraits. And I'm just always really struck by, by the art that I get to see when I walk in. Thank you. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about working here as well. It's so cool to see what they display. All right, we're going to get into some more topics about the books that you've written. So you, your books are all young adult, but they deal with some really, let's say, like gritty um, social topics, uh, very relevant to current events. So I'd like to talk a bit about your book, Dime, and the real-world issue of human trafficking that it explores and relates. Sure. So I guess something that you listeners would want to know or 
would be helpful for them to know is that I am a psychotherapist and I have a specialty in trauma. And I've always been really interested in, in that as well as in writing. And they've always dovetailed and overlapped. And so over the course of my writing career, so much of what I write has been inspired and compelled by what my clinical career has been. And so about 20 years ago, I became increasingly concerned and interested in issues of human trafficking, um, particularly sex trafficking. And I realized over the years, in hindsight, that some of my clients were being trafficked while I was seeing them. And I, as I learned more from reading, I began to realize how much more it was an issue that I was uh, that involved clients that I was seeing. And so then I began to very purposely do some work with trafficking survivors. And because my writing always comes out of that work, uh, Dime came out of that work. Although Dime is complete fiction, and I am very careful never to use actual client details or stories in my work. However, there are certain patterns and uh, certain commonalities that exist in human trafficking. And so I created a story based on what, what I had learned and seen to do with all of that. Thank you. Um, what would you say, so you write for a teen audience. Um, are there any like myths you'd like to dispel about writing for difficult topics for that audience, for younger readers? Right. So that's a whole other podcast, probably, <laughs> the idea of what what makes a novel marketed as a young adult novel mm. versus just a regular market for adult readers. Um, so that's complicated. But what I will say is when I'm writing, I am not thinking about who's reading. I'm writing from a voice and a story and from characters. And my most uh, my goal is to write as realistically as possible in the voice of the character. It so happens that what I've always written about are young people and the challenges that young people face. And I think a, a myth out there is that teen readers can't handle difficult topics. But in reality, teen readers are living difficult topics all the time. And if they're not, it's, I think, very helpful as one comes of age in the world to understand what's out there that one has not experienced. Um, and so I think the idea that teenagers can't handle difficult topics is, is a problematic idea. Sure, I agree with that. I think, you know, especially books like yours teach empathy for kids who haven't had those experiences too. Um, what would you say the most, or maybe not most, but something difficult about that writing process has been? I worry a lot about getting it right. I, I always want any actual living person who has lived through any of the challenges that I'm writing about to feel that it's is accurate and that it feels emotionally authentic. No one person has the exact same experience as anyone else, and so certainly I'm not writing and my characters aren't speaking for swaths of people. But there's a way when all of us read that when we read a novel, uh, it either feels real to us or it doesn't. And so for me, the biggest challenge is, for example, for Dime, if someone who is a survivor of human trafficking were to read Dime, would they put it down and say, yeah, that really captured something real or not? Uh, and of course, I would hope that it does. Sure. Um, what would you hope that readers would know or want, to know, want them to know about some of the topics your novels focus on? So human trafficking, um, 
foster system? Sure. So again, because I have a specialty in trauma, I'm drawn to that in my in my writing as well. And so, physical abuse, sexual abuse, addiction, mental health issues, different systems such as foster care and criminal justice, um, and tragedy. My book Wrecked is uh, about a girl who has otherwise not been challenged with uh, any kind of very difficult life situation other than a difficult father. But what happens is she is in, she's driving a car which crashes into another car and kills the passenger of the other car. So that's her tragedy and that's what she has to work through. Great, thank you. Um, I'm sure that there's many people listening today who are interested in educating themselves further about some of the things we've talked about. Um, Are there any resources that you'd recommend that our listeners check out? So, of course, these days everyone can Google their topic and find tremendous resources, of course. Having said that, in terms of human trafficking, there is a human trafficking hotline where that you can call if you know someone who's uh, in that situation, if you are someone who's in that situation, or if you simply want to learn more about it. And that number is toll-free, 888-373-7888. In terms of foster care, there's a really great organization called the Child Welfare League of America, but you can Google and find out locally uh, how to find out more about those things. Great, thank you. Those sound like really valuable resources to look into. So as we mentioned, you are also a social worker and a therapist. Can we just talk a little bit more about how those experiences have informed um, some of your writing process? Well, so as I've said, um, since I was a kid, I've always been very interested in in everyone's stories, and particularly their more private stories um, and their more challenging stories. I've always been drawn to human behavior and the intersection of sort of the beauty and the ugliness, um, where horrible things can happen to people, really tragic, traumatic things, and yet there's this enormous resilience that people always have, which often comes from other people. So the ugliness of how we treat each other, but also the incredible beauty of how we save each other is something that I've always been drawn to. And so in my clinical work, I think my writing in a way is a way for me to work through some of what that work is like. And it's also just another way for me to explore how we all treat each other and how we all survive. Thank you. I think that's really powerful and beautiful. Um, Thank you so much for sharing about uh, your writing process and the books that you've written uh, today. I think we're going to close out with a couple fun questions, upbeat. So what are some things you're curious about these days? Oh, gosh. I'm really interested in this whole notion of tribalism, us and them, and how people connect and also how people more and more these days are disconnected. I just find that the idea of what brings us together and what drives us apart to be fascinating and really compelling. Yeah, definitely. I feel like we could have like an entire other conversation about that too. What are some things you're interested in checking out next, be it like media or anything? Well, I am on almost no social media. I have been overwhelmed by it and um, not good at short Twitter uh, right bites and I don't like jumping into the fray so I've stayed away from social media but uh, the writing is on the wall and it's clear that I'm going to have to dive in at some point so I'm trying to figure out how and when and what 
to uh, do about that. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I think that's yeah, something that's on a lot of people's minds. Mm -hmm. um, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. All right, one final question. Um, what's something surprising about you? So I think, I think I'm actually pretty boring. There's not that much surprising about me. However, I think when people are surprised is after people have read my books, but before they have met me or let's say Googled, they're often very surprised to see who I am. They can't imagine that the way that I come across that I write about what I write about. So I think when I present, I come across as sort of, uh, you know, the mom of the two kids I have and the new owner of a new puppy. Um, and so when people read my work, they're often very thrown that I write about such dark topics. Interesting. Yes, you're very... Like light and lovely person. Yes, definitely. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us again. We really appreciate you um, sharing some of your insights today. It's my pleasure. Thanks. And for all of our listeners, uh, E.R. Frank's books are available in our young adult room on the first floor of MPL. Please check them out. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Check Us Out. We hope you've enjoyed it and learned more about how we're helping you remotely during these difficult times. We hope that you and those you care about are safe. We want to see all of you when we reopen and hope that can be very soon. Until then, please visit MontclairLibrary.org to stay up to date on how we're continuing to serve you through our online resources. Please tune in next month for another installment of Check Us Out.